It may be an exciting day today. Uh, you're going to be looking at the television if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, the impeachment vote is, looks like it's about to hit up. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't, well, yeah, fortunately, it wasn't the only news today. Um, there was a lot of news today, but I spent most of my time listening to these bozo politicians in the House sit there and debate back and forth. Wasn't really much of a debate. But we're going to cover it live. I want to actually be online when it comes up. Actually, I'll be covering it live. And I'll turn up the volume on the television so you can hear what's happening the second it comes about. But like I said, it's not the only news. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Truth be known, I wasn't even going to do a podcast today. And the reason I wasn't going to do one is because I've been watching this uh, impeachment thing uh, all day at work. Thank God I had reports to do. Thank God I had a ton of work to do. And it ended up being noise in the background for me. And it got so boring, as a matter of fact. I ended up, um, I ended up counting how many times the Democrats said uh, no one is above the law, including the president. And after about two hours, I got up to almost 40. So, yeah, they're all on the same drum. Uh, fortunately, you know, this, it is coming up. They say it could be any minute now that they're going to have this. There was talk they could have this vote at 2 a.m., which you knew wasn't going to happen, because if they did have the vote, it would they they want to be have it in front of the cameras, so they would have canceled it. Right now, Representative Collins from, I believe, South Carolina is making an impassioned speech. Uh, one Democrat, I don't know who it was, but he'd been in, uh, he'd actually been in the House for a thousand years or so, 38 years, made the Democrats' response. So these are the closing statements. But you know what? There is, there is a lot of other news we need to talk about, and I'm going to go pretty much unscripted today because I just really didn't have the time to come up with much. Uh, and all the news is so breaking that it's hard to, it's hard to keep up with it. Uh, this might be one of those things that I go into a little bit more detail tomorrow. Let's see what's going on. Well, with this impeachment thing, the one thing that's kind of ironic is that Trump, uh, to celebrate being impeached tonight, he's actually going to, he's doing a rally in Michigan. So you could, I, I wish I was at that rally right now. You know, that's going to be a, that's going to be a wild one. So, uh, they're still making speeches, I think. Not as the leader of the opposition to this impeachment. Yep. They're, they're making, uh, just more speeches. So let's talk about some things. Uh, Obamacare is on its last uh, on its last uh, legs, it sounds like, the individual mandate was struck down by the uh, United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, which is based in New Orleans. Uh, what this basically says is that the mandate required everybody, every citizen of the United States, to have to have health insurance. This was a big deal because, of course... Younger people don't want to have health insurance and they don't feel they, they need to spend money on it 
Obama tried to make things easier by extending the ages uh, that a child could have. Well, child, he's not a child at 26, but the age that uh, a person could be kept under health insurance till the age of 26. But this mandate was heavily, heavily uh, uh, argued against. It basically, you're forcing people to buy health insurance. But the mandate was also really, really, really important for Obamacare because the idea was a lot of these people were going to go into take take uh, young people were going to buy Obamacare at higher prices because they could afford them. And that money was going to be used to supplement the families that had lesser income. So basically what was happening is Obama was stealing from Peter to pay Paul. It was just really not a good uh, mandate. Uh, a lot of the things for Obamacare that was supposed to pay off, you'll remember that Obama had a penalty if you did not have health insurance. And if you did your taxes this year, you remember you had to fill in, do you have health insurance? And if you weren't, you were going to be mandated to get it. So that is a huge blow. The Fifth Circuit, uh, the uh, Fifth Circuit, Court appeals court said the individual mandate is unconstitutional because it can no longer be read as a tax and there is no other constitutional provision that justifies this exercise of congressional power. That's important. I'll get to that in a second. On the survive, uh, serve, servability question, we remand to the district court to provide additional analysis of the provisions of the, ACC, the ACA that currently exist. Uh, America, uh, let's see, Affordable, Affordable Care Act is what ACA is. Republicans started calling it Obamacare. They continue, having concluded that the individual mandate is unconstitutional, we must determine whether or how much of the rest of the ACA is serviceable from the constitutional defect. It may still be that none of the ACA is serv serviceable, severable from the individual mandate, even after this inquiry is concluded. So um, Obama's legacy is taking a beating. Uh, it, this court determined that this was not a tax, that this was a fine. You'll remember the Supreme Court said that, oh, it could be a tax. We'll just call it a tax. The Supreme Court never really openly ruled on this thing. They just kind of said, uh, it can be seen as a tax, not a penalty, so we're going to call it a tax. There was another lawsuit put in in Texas that ended up in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, and now that appellate court is saying, no, that can't be called a tax. That's not a tax. So uh, this could be a huge problem. It could be a huge problem for Obamacare, and it might be the end of it, because they're going to have to have a hard time trying to find out how to fund it. And the only way you're going to be able to fund it is get more people into it that can afford health insurance, pay, make them pay a higher rate. And Obamacare did that by making it, you had to have it. Or it's going to have to come out of taxpayers' money. So this is a huge blow. Uh, it's not over yet. It's probably going to end up going to the Supreme Court again. Again, this mandate slash tax thing is uh, going to appear in front of the Supreme Court. 
This time you do have a lot more of a conservative judgeship, and this time the Supreme Court is really being faced with, is this a penalty or is this a tax? So chances are they're going to actually have to have to answer that question. In other news, I guess we're not going to have a government shutdown, which kind of makes me say to myself, why not? Um, they, the Congress approved something called a mini omnibus package. Basically, it's going to keep our government running. I think it's for another three months. So it, it's going to keep the government from closing down during the Christmas break. I guess that's good. But you can tell this was a bill that was filled with the, that was really massaged by the Democrats. A lot of conservative Republicans are already telling Donald Trump, you know what, uh, you need to veto this thing. It's it's absolutely terrible, and it is. It's a $1.4 trillion budget. So, and it's not even going to last very long. It's a $1.4 trillion budget. But what really is really shocking, even a left-wing news site like Slate.com, where I got this information, was like, wow, that's different. It's really a lot of pork in this this thing. So the earmarks have not gone away. Some of the things that they're going to do, uh, they are they're doing some things that the Republicans wanted. They got rid of the Cadillac tax. And basically what the Cadillac tax is, and this was something that Obama came up with, probably to pay for things from Obamacare, when a... a a boss or a company gave really good uh, benefits to their employees, a tax was placed on those benefits. So let's just say I work, I'm a a CEO or something, or I'm very high up. I get really great benefits because I'm a hard worker and I'm really valuable to the company. Those benefits can be taxed. So they got rid of that tax. So the, the, the Republicans are going to be happy with that. Another one they're going to be happy about is getting rid of the medical device tax. I have to buy a medical device or a company, a hospital needs... There was a tax on the medical device. I also thought this was a very weird tax because uh, medical devices should be considered non-optional. They should be considered required. For example, when you go to the grocery store and you buy a canned food, that's not considered a luxury item. That's considered a survival survival item, an item you need to live. You need to eat something, and you have to cook it, and you have to do whatever. So they, you didn't have a tax on canned goods and dried goods like spaghetti and rice and things like that. Other goods, fruit, vegetables, there was no, there was no tax on those. Other, other um, items, such as hot food. You buy chicken, hot chicken over at Walmart or the grocery store, or you buy pre-made coleslaw or something like that, that was taxed because they considered that stuff a luxury. They considered that stuff a luxury. You didn't need to do it. You could have bought the chicken and then you could have cooked the chicken. So in order for you to save time cooking, they, they gave you a service of cooking for it and they put a tax on that. That's that sales tax you see in grocery stores. Grocery stores don't just tax everything. 
They only tax luxury items. Well, okay, that was pretty good. I personally think the medical device tax shouldn't exist because at that point, it is a survival item. A medical device is a survival. It's to keep people alive or keep people comfortable. So I did not believe this was actually a good idea. So that was the good part. Now things get a little bit, and it gets a little bit weird here. Um, there's a grant that deals, that will give the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, and uh, the National Institutes of Health a $25 million research, excuse me, research grant to investigate gun violence. Now, there are a couple problems with that. One, what does the CDC and the National Institute of Health have anything to do with gun violence? Shouldn't that be given to the Department of Justice or police departments or something like that, or some committee of justice that, that will deal with that? That's a bad one. Uh, gun violence has nothing to do with disease. You get shot in the chest. It's not like I had a heart attack, heart attack. If you're investigating uh, heart health or cancer research, yeah, give it to the CDC, but having them investigate that stuff just makes absolutely no sense. Now, Ben Shapiro at the daily wire pointed out, oh yeah, this is what they want to do though. They can sit back and say, okay, the CDC comes up with some bizarre scientific study or whatever they do and they can basically say that okay well now we need to put regulations just like smoking which we'll get to in a second it can only be done at a certain age or marijuana can only be done at a certain age this might be kind of a backhanded way and 25 million is not a lot in this great scheme of things but it could be a backhanded way for the democrats to give themselves some justification to put regulations on gun violence, on guns. So, but it's just, uh, why is that there? Then there was another one. Um, they have banned smoking of cigarettes, tobacco, any tobacco, and um, vaping products till the age of 21 years old. And this was supported by a bunch of the cigarette companies and the vaping companies which was kind of a surprise. Why this is in an omnibus package, I have no idea. This isn't just an earmark. This is passing a law. Now, I'm really mixed on that. Cigarettes aren't good. I, let's get it. But you're 18 years old. You can serve in war. Get shot at. Get killed. But you, you can make that decision to join the military. And you're not old enough to decide whether you want to smoke a cigarette or not. So I really don't care about the 21 year old thing. I don't smoke, so it doesn't make any difference. I, I, I personally think we keep putting regulations on tobacco products that says to me that maybe we should um, <laughs> ban them if that's what they want, which is again, one of the reasons I have an argument with uh, marijuana. I have an argument with marijuana because, you know, oh yeah, everyone wants it now. And yeah, it's to 21, but then when the health problems start happening in 10 to 15 years, they're going to try and ban it. It's going to be too late. This is the same thing with this. I don't think raising the age is a great, is, is, is a great thing. I don't think it matters. And I think if you're old enough to pay your taxes, you're old enough to have a job, you're old enough to go to war, you're old enough to figure out 
whether you're wise enough or not, it's not relevant. You're old enough to make the decision whether or not uh, you can smoke. Now, the surprise, you might be saying, well, why do cigarette companies and the vape companies go for this thing? Why would they be happy with it? Because I think <coughs> when you start putting regulation on companies like that, that are going to be making money anyway, um, the companies are more immune to lawsuits in the future. So I, I believe that's one of the reasons they do that. Facebook said that, um, Mark Zuckerberg said that when Facebook was getting nailed for uh, not suppressing speech on Facebook. He basically wanted the government to regulate. And the reason would be is, well, okay, if the government's regulating me, I'm still going to be making my billions of dollars and I don't have to worry about getting sued, which sounds like could be something in the future we're going to have to worry about. Uh, Trump is getting $1.375 billion for his wall which is still well short of the $5 billion he was looking for, but it's something. And, and this is what I want a lot. And I got into an argument with uh, not really my girlfriend, uh, but she got into an argument with someone and we just continued it on. Um, here's the thing. Everyone said, well, $20, 20 billion or $5 billion or $10 billion for a wall is just not worth it. Well, $1.375 billion or even $5 billion or even 10 billion is not even 1% of 1.4 trillion. So it's hard for me to buy that. You can't just give him his $10 billion so he can go and build the wall or give him 5 billion. And then when the next omnibus passage gives him another. So what the Democrats are doing is they're caving a little bit. They have to cave a little bit. And so they're going to give Trump a little bit, maybe just a taste so that he can actually, um, he can actually feel good about signing it and know, okay, he's a step closer to his wall, his complete wall. Adam Schiff is now speaking on the dais on the house. So this is going to be at least another half hour. I guess we're not going to have to worry too much about this. I guess we're not going to have to worry too much about um, this thing starting pretty soon. Matter of fact, I might get through the entire podcast before it even starts. Uh, finally, the bill secures $425 million for election security grants. I hate grants because they just, they just hand them anywhere. 3.1% uh, pay, pay increases for federal employees and $7.6 billion for the 2020 census. Here's the problem. We're spending $1.4 trillion. Democrats and Republicans are completely bipartisan about spending. I, this is just not something we need to control this stuff and we're not controlling it. So, and then in three to six months, we're going to be doing the whole thing again. Probably we're looking at probably $5 trillion this year spending. And we're spending it on crap. The spending has got to calm down. Trump's always been a spender. As a matter of fact, I don't remember any president that wasn't a spender. George W. Bush was a spender. Clinton was a spender. But we're not getting this spending under control. So this is not, this is not a, a great bill. 
It's being pushed too fast. And this is why a lot of conservative, <coughs> fiscally conservative Republicans are really pushing uh, Donald Trump to veto this bill. And it may have problems getting through the Senate. But um, I got a feeling if it gets to Trump's desk, this is not going to stop Trump from signing it. He will sign it. Uh, and that's kind of disturbing. That's not that doesn't make me happy. Finally, in the last piece of news, I honestly thought we would get through. I guess that a few minutes didn't happen. So we're going to have to wait. <laughs> so the uh, last story is also a big news. And I am actually kind of surprised by this one. I won't bring it up too much. I'm going to talk about, because I did talk about this in a previous podcast, but the Supreme Court has decided not to hear a ruling by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in California concerning the legality of being homeless. I was really surprised by this, and I didn't read the entire I, I, I didn't read the entire story. I just saw it on a news magazine. Uh, I'm going to go to the LA Times because the LA Times has a very interesting article about how they're going to deal with this. The ruling state, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which there usually is about a 90% chance it's going to get overruled by the Supreme Court the way they go ruled that it goes against the Fifth Amendment of the United States for cruel to unusual punishment to force people or ticket people who are living on the streets and or asking them to get out in front of a business or not pooping in the streets. Now, understand, this was the argument here. It was going to be that the police would be allowed to give someone who was sitting in the streets and wouldn't move, give the person a $25 ticket. Um, cruel and unusual punishment. Good job, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The uh, Supreme Court just said, nope, we're not going to hear it. Well, the Los Angeles, uh, they're beginning to realize that, well, the only way L.A. is going to... to have to eliminate their homeless problem or, or shrink up their homeless problem is by creating housing, which we already know due to the heavy regulation in uh, Los Angeles or California in general, it's not even going to be fiscally possible to create the type of housing. And the housing is open housing. So it's not like I'm a drug addict. I go into one of these, uh, open tenements and I have to stop using heroin and the families that actually need it usually are afraid to go into that type of housing because they're afraid for their families. They're afraid from their safety. These places are dangerous. Uh, if you take a look at Cabrini Green in Chicago, they closed Cabrini Green because, and that was basically what they was free houses, housing for the, for the poor. Well, they became drug dens. They became gangland outposts. Fire departments would not go there. You would not walk in the street at night because you'd get shot. It's still happening in all sorts of places in Chicago. Um, there Another problem with the we need to create housing is you can't make benefits without consequences. You just can't. 
Um, ben Shapiro calls it, you, not only you can't just have the carrot, you got to have the stick. And we've talked about this before. There are only three types of homeless people on the street. There's the mental people who have mental problems, people who have drug problems, and people that just don't want to work and just want to live on the street. Well, you have no rights to be on the street. You have absolutely no right to be on the street. Okay, hold on. Let's see what's going on here. Getting things done. I mean, the light. Nothing. They're just talking again. Uh, you have no right to be on the street. How you solve this problem, if you're mentally ill, you force people into the institutions, the sanitariums of old, and just make sure they're regulated to the point that they are um, not like the sanitariums of old. They're actually civilized, and they're actually caring for these sick people. Because I don't see it as being... Um, I see it as being cruel and unusual by letting these people stay on the streets. They're mentally ill. They don't know what they're doing. They're a threat to society. Help them and force them to stay in these sanitariums until they're uh, healed or on some sort of drug uh, therapy. You don't have to be there forever. It doesn't have to be a jail. Okay, here we go. They are doing it. So, Article 1, they're already voting. We'll talk about this in a second. So, they've got 14 minutes, 14 minutes and 38, 14 minutes and 38 seconds remaining. It's already 88 to 49 in favor of Article 1. Now, how they do with this impeachment thing is they will do Article 1 first. They'll get the vote, and then they'll do Article 2 second. Now, contrary to what a lot of folks say, chances are the votes are not going to be identical, like you'd expect them to be 234 to 189 or whatever it is. They're probably not going to be identical. Democrats, some of the purple state and red state Democrats are going to split the impeachment. Remember I said chances are he wasn't going to be impeached? Now nah, he's going to be impeached. But he's probably not going to be impeached as far into the yay as before. So, Article 1, they're already voting. Uh, right now, it looks like he's going to get impeached. When we get to 200, we'll know it's done. So, back to where I was saying. So, that's the first thing. Get the mentally ill off the street. It is not being humanitarian to let mentally ill people stay on the street and it's dangerous for citizens. As far as drug addicts, drug addiction is not an excuse. If you're a drug addict, again, you create an institution like a sanitarium and this time it's created in a way that's like a jail. It's not quite a jail because drug addiction is a, is a disease. You're talking to a guy who's lost a son due to drug addiction. So, it is a it is a disease, and I, I feel for those people. But that doesn't mean it's the type of disease you sit back and you just let go. I, you gotta do, you gotta get these people off the street. They're destroying the cities, and they're gonna end up. It is they're gonna end up mentally ill by the end. I mean that stuff is eating their brains. You create an institution like a jail. You put them in the institutions. You get them clean. You get them the education so that they can rehabilitate. You get them 
so they understand why they have their drug addiction and they have to go. You're caught on the street. You got a drug problem. And I think they should do that with anybody who has a drug problem, even if they're living at home. I wish they would have done that with my son. And they didn't. Finally, those that live on the street because they don't want, they want to, they don't want to work. They, or they work and they just want to live on the street. No, you do not have a right to live on the street. You do not have a right to destroy the quality of life of other people. That's wrong. And these people should be, a city should be able to say, listen, you can't sleep here. You can't sleep in front of a business. You can't park your RV in front of a business. And they should be forced to leave. And certain cities have actually done that. They basically said they got tired of their streets being lined with RVs. And they basically made laws that have been are being fought in court currently to get them to stop living on the streets. And if these people don't want to, if these people move from one portion to the other and they're caught again, they should be ticketed and they should be jailed. And then if they get out and they do it again, they should be ticketed. They should be jailed. This is not, it's not a right. It's nowhere in the constitution that says you have to live on the street in front of someone else's dwelling. We have the right to life, liberty, and happiness. It, I don't, have the right to sit there and ruin somebody else's life. I I'm sitting back, I'm watching. It's at 160 to 105 for Article 1. It's only one Democrat has already said no. Not one Republican has said yes. It's going pretty much down the line. Now, how they vote in the House, and I wasn't sure how they did this, they do it electronically, either with their phones or a device that's on their chair. And they give them about 15 minutes to vote. It's down to about nine minutes remaining. And it amazes me that they give them 15 minutes. If those folks are there, yeah, give them 10 minutes, five minutes. You guys vote. You think it's that important? Go ahead and vote. I would not be too shocked if we actually, if there is, I don't even know if you can do this, but I would not be shocked if they actually asked for a voice, yay or nay. The Dem uh, Republicans actually requested that this morning because they wanted to show the people that were voting for impeachment. Impeachment really is unpopular. Well, it is about two minutes left. And here's what we got so far. It's, it's going to pass. Going to pass easy. Uh, right now, uh, the dem uh, it is 213 to 152. I'm sorry, I said two minutes left, about, about a minute left. It's 213 to 155, 156. Here it's still going up. Um, 213 Democrats, four. Zero Republicans, four. One Independent, four. Uh, one... Two Democrats against, 158 Republicans against, and so far there's still uh, 18 no votes for the Democrats and 39 no votes for the Republicans. So we got 56 seconds, one minute, so let's get the final ruling in just a second. So this one's going to get through. It was a slam dunk. There's no way they can catch up here, even if... All 17, well, I guess it's possible if all 17 
or um, Democrats vote no and all 37 Republicans vote no that it will actually it will actually go through. Here's 25 seconds. 20 seconds. And ladies and gentlemen, we are looking at the first president to be impeached since 1998, Bill Clinton, and we still don't know why he's impeached. So you're living in a world where a, we're living in a world now where a um, president has been impeached. I really don't care what happens in the second article. Second article might be a little tougher because it's just a, a crap article, but um, so Trump's impeached, and he's in a rally in Michigan, probably making a lot of fun of it. Well, I'm over 30 minutes anyway, so we'll just skip the article, the second article, because I don't think it matters. It's going to pass probably along the same lines. So a uh, bunch of Republicans didn't bother even voting. Um, the Democrats got up to 224 uh, seven no votes and two nays. Not one Republican voted for impeachment. Um, one independent voted for, for impeachment. So there you have it. We've got an impeachment. So you can uh, uh, follow me on follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can listen or download uh, my podcast on Pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. Uh, of course, you can watch the v Vcast on YouTube. Uh, visit my website where I'll have show notes, links, references where I got this information. Uh, full videos if they're there at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics. Uh, have a good night. We're living in a new world.